Welcome to Energy Stew. This is Peter Roth, your host. And I'd like to ask you, are you following the mental laws correctly? What are mental laws? And we better learn about them. Otherwise, we can get into trouble. <laughs> we want we really to be learn about them. We can get into trouble, but okay. <laughs> we want to be law-abiding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, law-abiding. I like that. Good. And, and so you're already hearing from my guest who's been on the show many times. She's a wonderful <laughs> author and always great to talk with her. And we've become good friends. Barbara Berger, welcome back to Energy Stew. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's great to see you. Great to be here. And still from Copenhagen. Yes, all the way across the pond in Copenhagen, Denmark. Right. And it's really, really, really cold here right now. Like, wow. very cold. How's it in New York? Is it cold in New York? No, it's 37 right now, which is... Really? Okay, so it's minus 10 here. So that's like in Fahrenheit, I think it's like... 20 15 20 degrees fahrenheit well, you're up north in europe and and we are in time of climate change so there's extremes and you're uh, experiencing that so uh, and but it's, it's at some point in we'll talk about uh, scandinavians and okay. how they think differently um, <laughs> they have different yeah, mental yeah. laws <laughs> completely different maybe who knows <laughs> But uh, you're originally you're from the states, mm -hmm. so uh, we can speak the same language. <laughs> yes, yes, sort of. <laughs> yeah. My whole family is from New York. Like my, my mother and father, and they all grew up on Riverside Drive, just where you live. So I uh, know Riverside Drive. I've been there. So awesome. <laughs> so the, um, so let's talk about what are mental laws and. Yeah, so I've written this. this and, very... and what do we have to be afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> we, I've written this just to, to frame it for people. I've written a very short book called The Mental Laws, Understanding the Way the Mind Works. Uh, and I'm giving the book away as a free ebook. So if you would like to have your own copy, you can send me an email and we'll send you a free book within 24 hours. Great. So, so this book, the, the the mental laws, is about explaining and understanding the way our minds work. And so, I have discovered these laws, and I have tried to explain them and write them down. But before we look at the specific laws, I just like to explain what I mean by what the word law means. The, a law is an imperson, a, a description of an impersonal phenomena for example like the law of gravity that's a physical law a physical law is always in operation it is in operation for everyone at all times it's impersonal and it's automatic so for example the law of gravity if you stand on the top of a 10-story building and jump off you will fall down and hit the ground and this is true for everyone at all times. It doesn't matter if you're in China or if you're in Mexico or if you're in Scandinavia or if you're in New York City. The law is always in operation. Another thing about a law is it's impersonal and automatic, but it also operates even if you don't know about it. So, for example, if you stand up on the top of a 10-story building and jump off, you can't say, oh, I didn't know about the law of gravity. 
you'll fall down anyway. And it also doesn't take into consideration who you are, how much money you have, if you're a good person, if you're a bad person, if you're the president of the United States, if you're a cleaning woman. A law is impersonal. And so in the same way that there are physical laws, there are also mental laws, laws about the way the mind works, which are also automatic, impersonal, and apply to everyone and are always in operation, whether we know about them or not. So that's what this little book is about. The and mental you have a law. lot of laws here. 10, 11. <laughs> All right, well, so we gotta uh, learn about it so that we can appreciate how to live with it. Exactly, so in other words, a mental law is in operation whether or not we know about it. And so, as with the law of gravity or the law of electricity or the law of sowing and reaping, if we know about the mental laws, instead of being victims of forces that we don't know about, we can use them to our benefit. In other words, we can live in harmony with these laws and use them to help us improve our lives. Well, I think what we want to do now is really talk about particular laws so mm -hmm. that because I'm sure right now there are a bunch of people we we have their their backs up <laughs> want to know <laughs> what is don't tell me uh, okay so, how to live my so, life how to think no no I'm not going to tell you anything about that I'm just trying to explain how these forces work so the, the most basic mental law is the law of focus what you focus your attention on grows in your experience. That is the most fundamental mental law. In other words, we all are consciousness beings and we have the power of our attention. Whatever is happening in our lives, we have the power at all times to choose how we're going to focus our attention. That is actually the only freedom you could say we have. When something happens in front of your nose, just to give an example, you and me and everyone else, we all always have a choice about how are we going to relate to what is happening in front of our eyes. Right. Like, for instance, I have a, a, somebody I know who is afraid of germs. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing how frequently germs show up in her world. <laughs> It's like exactly. So it's really important. Surrounded by germs. So it, it's really important to understand that what you focus your attention on, as you're saying, grows in your experience. And to be completely clear about what we're saying now, in other words, you're in a situation, something is happening, some event. At every moment in time, you have a choice about how am I going to relate to what's happening right in front of me? Am I going to focus on all the negative, everything I don't like, all the problems that are involved in this situation, and that's a way of focusing on things, which a lot of people do. Or same exact situation, you can also choose to focus on the positive in the situation. Yeah, the I want to say the potential is. and what you can learn from it. And just to let me finish this, that sure. that your focus, because what you focus your attention on grows in your situation, that will determine 
your experience and what you attract more of. That's the important point. But I, I, I think there's also, there has to be room for, for instance, I worry a lot. Mm-hmm. And my wife doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she says, with all you worry, I don't know why everything always is works out. <laughs> why aren't you attracting more trouble with all that you worry about? And I always say, well, the, the, the good thing about my worrying is that I, I get to solve problems ahead of time. Okay, so there you do have a per, an underlying belief that things are going to work out for you. So it, it, I don't buy yeah, exactly what. But then saying. I have to worry in order to find <laughs> the things that I need to fix. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's the that's one of the other ten the the the, the law of underlying beliefs. In other words, besides the thoughts that we have at the moment, we have all of us belief systems that we have been programmed with from birth from our family, from our society, from our culture. And these belief systems, like you're just saying, you worry a lot, but you also are in, I'm going to figure it out, fix it mode all the time. You are quite good at dealing with stuff. So that your your life has shown you and your underlying beliefs is that you can figure things out, Peter. You're quite good at that. <laughs> well, I, I, after 80 years, I hope so. But uh, so... The thing is that, uh, as you know, I believe in in uh, the the source cards, and mm-hmm. and the source cards means that we're born to play different cards, and the way mm-hmm. we play those cards have a lot to do with how we think, mm-hmm. and, and even how we deal with conditioning around us. Mm-hmm. So it's not only the conditioning, because as you know, if you have a family of, of five people, they have the same, they might have the same conditioning but they're playing different cards and they play it differently. Mm-hmm. So, But still, within that paradigm that you were describing, you still are the only thinker in your mind. You are the only one who can make the choice. Am I going to go right in this situation or am I going to go left? You still have this. I mean, because otherwise you, you would say that we have no free will. I mean, so, so, even though we are, again, I, I understand that we are different souls, we're different manifestations of the God force, or however you want to call it, we are very different. That's true. But within the within the cards, you could say that we've been dealt. We still have free will, because otherwise, what 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 would the point of living be if we had no choices? There's only so much that we can change within mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. And, that's you know, true. because we're guided by not only the cars, we're guided by our astrology, our human design. All these um, play a role in how we think and mm-hmm. you know, different from each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why we can't expect anybody to think like we ourselves do. And and so it's also a way of being able to forgive people for thinking differently. Because <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who have always, through my life, um, have been upset with my thinking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but at least I'm not. And, and yet uh, there's so much, you know, I work intuitively. And so you could say, well, it only comes from my mind. Well, I also follow um, conversations with higher forces that um, that guide me 
And so I, I kind of surrender my thinking. I, I actually have to go blank. And then yeah. I wait to receive. But, but okay, but what you're saying now is still something that you choose to do. Yeah. Well, uh, and again, relative, and the fact yes. that you that that you have these abilities, which many people don't have, or they don't, they're not connected to, but still, you are aware enough, and you make a conscious choice to plug into that. Right. So, on so, a relative basis. See, I, I believe that we have free will, you know, on a relative basis. Mm -hmm. uh, in the in the big picture, I think so much of it is. Um, our souls are in charge of rather than our minds <laughs> well, well again i would say that all of this is about the evolution of the soul the evolution of consciousness and so on so but but our, in order to again if we go back to the way i begin this book um i talk about the first two laws the first law is the law of thoughts arising and disappearing this is a very very important thing to understand if we want to evolve spiritually, psychologically, mentally, whatever way you want to frame it, that we are this consciousness. That's what we are. And that within the field of consciousness, which you are, which I am, thoughts arise and disappear. Right. So it's all relative to the moment. Yeah. So, so in other words, it's really, really an important shift in consciousness and awareness to understand that we have thoughts. They do arise and disappear, but we are not our thoughts. And we are not, actually, we're not creating them in particular because we don't. No, not at all. It's so important to understand that most people are so identified with their thoughts and that causes a lot of suffering. So the ab ability to step back and identify, in other words, I'm the field of consciousness, and within that, thoughts arise and disappear. And it is our attachment to thoughts or stories or belief systems that causes us to suffer. Right, and that's why I believe that as we go into a higher dimensional consciousness, we'll relinquish the power of our thoughts and follow more of our instincts mm -hmm. and not have to worry about them so much because when you're in a higher consciousness you learn how to trust the unfolding okay but again if you go back to sort of like some of the great spiritual teachers like teachings like buddhism right buddhism you could say is uh is the study of consciousness right uh, and 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 the Buddhists, I mean, I've studied a lot of Buddhism and then do Buddhist pra practitioner and meditate and so on. It is about understanding the nature of consciousness if you want to evolve and, again, eventually come to, to a stage where you are an enlightened person that you, you, you are no longer identified with or attached to thoughts and the human mind, what it does all the time. Right, it's it's becoming detached from it. Exactly, but you cannot do this if you're not actually aware of the fact that there's a difference. So that's why the first mental law is the law of thoughts arising and disappearing. Until you can observe that and understand that you can you can actually detach from it. That's what law number two is, the law of witnessing. First, you have to see that thoughts arise and disappear, and then the second step is 
to be able to sit back and watch thoughts arise and disappear and to notice that you are still present. I love that. In other words, in other words if you sit and think about, like you were telling me you had, you stubbed your toe and you had a pain in your foot and, and all of these things that you describe, the thoughts that you have, you are not those thoughts. Identification with our thoughts. Right. I was I was trusting the relativity of my <laughs> uh, stubbed toe and how it's going to disappear and move okay. my mind in a few more days. <laughs> okay. So see, so you do know that. So, so in other words, the difference between pain and suffering, you can say, pain is now. I am qu quoting the great uh, spiritual. Sri Nisigadatta Mahare, he said, pain is the body's signal that something is out of balance that needs to be looked at. But suffering is optional. In other words, suffering is the mind's interpretation of what this physical sensation means. Right. And mm -hmm. he says, pain, we cannot avoid. That has to do with the physical body. But suffering is optional. In other words, suffering is attachment to a story about what this is going to mean to me. Right. It, it, yeah, it's it's identifying with the pain. Exactly, identifying. That's exactly the right word. Right. So, so, so that's why understanding these things and seeing the mechanism, it does allow us. It gives us more freedom, but it also gives us options. In other words, we can choose how am I. So again, you have the stubbed toe pain. How are you going to relate to that? Are you going to moan and groan and think about this is, you know, I'll never walk again and go into catastrophic thinking? <laughs> or are you going to focus on the healing power of my body? And in a day or two, I'll probably be fine again. I mean, that's the choice. Right. Well, I see myself actually as a warrior in life. So that, <laughs> right, so that when I stub my toe, now I have to become the warrior to, to you know to handle it in a in a very effective way. Again, and again, that you could say in the, an effective way of handling it is to focus on the intelligence of your body. That the, that the cells of your body, if they are left to themselves, the cells, they, they are intelligent and they recreate body, in I, a balance and harmony all the time. I've learned many, many, many times in my life <laughs> that, that the body heals. And even now, my toe doesn't bother me at all. So, <laughs> so But I did help it along. I used some lasers and... Uh, um, well, know. there's no law against that you can't help it along. <laughs> I mean, that's there's no nothing against that. I was happy that. to do that, but it all, <laughs> but I knew that lasers only help the body do what it knows how to do. So that's again being again thinking positively, sending love and support to your body as a being supportive of yourself. I mean, all the things that you do do that you eat healthy, that you exercise, all of that. It's all. The, the the way of using the power of your attention in a good way. And again, if we go if we go on to what connect that to law of attraction. So if we say that every human being has a vibrational frequency and we're we're vibrating on different levels of consciousness, you could say. The higher frequencies are more powerful than the lower. 
And according to our frequencies, we're sort of like we're broadcasting a frequency into the universe. We attract uh, people, situations, events that match our frequency. So therefore, the choice of what we focus our attention on is not only creating how we feel right now, it's also shaping what we attract to ourselves. But so, sometimes, sometimes we can attract the opposite. For instance, I worry and my wife doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but again, so but the worry again, people who worry a lot, if that's your frequency all the time, I always say people who are moaning and groaning a lot, they usually have a lot to moan and groan about because that's a frequency. Whereas the person who's who's more confident, who's more positive, who doesn't worry about stuff. So that's a completely different. Yeah, frequency. I'm more of a positive worrier. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're completely your own guy. You've yeah. always been that, Peter. I, I get a little too caught up worrying about getting a parking space. But other than that, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful that, um, and I do believe that uh, basically, I, you know, some people say, think of it more as worry and I think of it more as concern. But, it, you know, so, um, but that, you know, that, that has to do with the cards I'm born with. And I'm born to um, play cards that I need to behave this way. And not everybody has those cards. So, uh, but what would you say if you would say that if we would look at it like this, you could say there's the climate of my mind and then there's the weather today. So what would you say about you? The climate? That's what you're saying? That yeah, the, the climate, climate is a good climate. No, OK, the climate is good, but the daily thing is the worry. I thought well, you were gonna Yeah, say it's just and I don't worry as much as I used to, because after 80 years, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable <laughs> that life works out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can say that was what I said at the beginning of this talk, that your underlying belief is just what you said, that things probably will work out. They've done so for the last 80 years. So why not one more day? So that's that's a positive <laughs> attitude. So right. good for you. Well, if you had taken a snapshot of any time in my life and say, how's it going? I would have said so far, so good. It's been a good exactly. life. Okay. But I, I worry about tomorrow. And I do have that in my human design. I have fear of the future. So that makes sense that I would worry about that, but I understand that, and uh, and actually, fear of the future future has a silver lining to it. It you know it it identifies things to be smart about. But okay, you could also say that the the only reality that we actually know for sure is now what's in front of our nose right now. The future is just a thought in our mind. Oh, but if you're born to have fear of the future, that thought, just that thought is going to be present. So not everybody has that kind of fear. And we're going to get into that in the next show because um, you have a whole big thing in your book about fear of death and fear of life, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's, it, you know, you have so many unique parts to this book that, I'm excited to talk with you about okay uh, because there's there's so much that we have to uh, know about our process and then we can uh, understand our not only understand ourselves but uh, forgive ourselves for one thing and forgive each other because <laughs> we understand how how the mind does work and how to work it better.
you know, how to how to well you could say again if we go back to, to the premises that the book is based on, as if we look at the fact that the field of consciousness that we have when we're born, we again if you go back to babies, babies don't know, you know, like I like chocolate ice cream and I want to have red wear my red. Yeah, shoes. I want to get into that with so, you. So, yes. So so the whole thing about that the field of consciousness that we we have this brain, but we get programmed with i call it the software for our hardware in other words the hardware is the setup but the programming that we get from a very early age from our first of all from our pa parents and then from our siblings and then from our extended family and then from school i mean in other words we are submerged all of us from day one in a in collective belief systems but i've been studying that with my uh granddaughters from exactly still so young now watching exactly. how they're learning i'm very mm -hmm. careful watching uh how the conditioning and you know we, we can talk about this in the next show because we're near you know getting near the end of this show and uh, I, it's exciting because then then you see how these mental laws really get uh our play out play out and and how mm -hmm. we're all playing them out together it, it takes but but the thing that i find so fascinating i mean i work as a coach and a therapist every day i meet people come to me with their problems and right. want practical tools and solutions to feel better right this red hot minute that's what everybody <laughs> wants right and when people start to become aware of the way the mind works they become so exhilarated because most of the people, I mean, that, that I meet and probably that you meet, most people were unaware of these simple mechanisms. And having access to this information is, it, it's a key to freedom and you, you feel self-empowered. You give people tools and that's what's Exactly. Important. And the other thing that I've noticed is that, just to so briefly sort of frame this, that in the very beginning, when people start to become aware of the power of the mind and notice what they're actually thinking and saying to themselves, the first reaction is, oh, my God, I'm so negative. They start to become aware of this unconscious voice that's going on all the time in their head. But then I say to them, it's really important to become aware because you cannot change something if you're unaware of what you're doing. So right. this self-knowledge is the key to freedom. So this is great. And we're getting really at the end of the show. How do people connect with you? So if you would like a free copy, um, the website is beamteam, B-E-A-M-T-E-A-M.com. And you can send an email also directly to info at beamteam.com and all you have to do is write the mental laws in the subject line and we will send you your free ebook right away that's wonderful barbara berger thank you so much for being back <laughs> thank you for having soon. Me. <laughs> okay. and this is peter roth your host of energy stew at prn.live i can be reached at peter at heart river h-e-a-r-t river.org i'd love to hear from you and thanks so much for listening